0: Gentlemen,
1: boys, and girls, children of all ages, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to show the whole world why I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary.
0: I'm back, baby. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is the Aaron Meta Show. 12th of October 2015, you're listening to the Aaron Meta and Harry Dyer Show. I am Aaron Meta and he is...
1: Harry Dyer. How are you doing, Harry? <laughs> I'm not too bad, Aaron, yes. Um, as I was just explaining to you, and uh, for the benefit of the listeners, uh, I have uh, been lied out, not feeling very, very well today. Um, yeah. And, uh, but the show must go on, so I'm now sat up with uh, a hot cup of tea and a nice glass of water... The run sheet in front of me, ready to do the show for the listeners, because it's always the listeners that come yep. first.
0: Absolutely. I'm actually feeling really good, so, uh, I mean, uh, uh sorry to make you envious, Harry, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I've had, I've had the, uh, actually, I've had the day off work, so, uh, I've had the chance to kind of sort things out today and, uh, get things, um, get moving and shaking, so, uh, finances all sorted, I went to the bank and got everything on that side of things sorted, uh, I went to the dentist, and, uh, so that wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be, and, uh. Yeah, it's been a very productive day, so I uh, looking uh, forward to going back to Clearly, we,
1: we are the opposite ends of the uh, seesaw tonight.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, one thing I wanted to actually mention before we actually keep going with the show. I had to, unfortunately, have to start banning people off my Facebook page. Uh, because uh, apparently there is some kind of uh, heat going on. That apparently I support Jeremy Corbyn in some way, or that uh, you know I apparently have some kind of uh, connection with him in some way. First of all, right. I don't support Jeremy Corbyn uh, and, you know, in either monetary-wise or in, uh, you know, for any articles that I've written or anything like that, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I do agree with and uh, with some of the things that he says, and even some conservatives even do agree with some of the things that he said, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't support the guy, uh, you know, if he else comes up with a good idea, then I'll say good on him, if he comes up with bad ideas, and obviously we'll scold him for it, but as far as I'm concerned, I have no political affiliation at the moment in regards to where I stand in politics, so for anyone there who's, ch- you know, you know, childishly saying he's a member of this, he's a member of that. First of all, you heard it from right here on the Arameta show. I have no political affiliation to anybody whatsoever. So you know, just take a chill pill and you know, chill the fuck out.
1: Yeah, it's it's strange, isn't it, how people will attack you for your political views. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I, 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 I support Jeremy Corbyn in the sense that I, you know, I like his ideas, I like what he says, but same I don't sort of have any monetary uh, I don't give any monetary public or political support in the sense that um, you know that I'm backing him or anything but uh, you know I suppose if I was if I had to choose between the bunch of them he would be the one I would choose for at this moment in time Uh, and yeah, I when I was out last Friday had uh, a twenty-five-year-old girl who shall be nameless, uh, who was out with us, who uh, um, was calling myself and a fellow um, sort of Jeremy Corbyn fan uh, communists and calling. Are us you F- a communist? I'm um, effing commies. Uh, no, no. <laughs> exactly. Like, that, like, yeah, like yeah, like, yeah,
0: that's what I'm talking about. You know the, yeah. uh, the 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 McCarthyism that's currently going on on like uh, on one side of things, and uh, you know the uh, the kind of you know um, I would not say I want say snub it. You know snubbing. Uh, I would say going from. Uh, from the from the left side of things towards the conservatives, but you know there is this uh, this is what I'm am f- afraid of with, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree with me when I when I say this, and that is that politics right now is starting to become very very tribal, and it's starting to become very um, you know it's starting to become very one side and the other, and yeah, before it's like I mean
1: football supporting is
0: not it it yeah. is starting to become something like that, but you know, on top of that, it's um, it is becoming a lot more segregated than it has been before, because you have Jeremy Corbyn that's taking the Labour Party off to the left, and uh, you know he's uh, he and he's got ideas of his own, and then you've got uh, Tim Farron who uh, who is trying to uh, you know win. Hopelessly, I would say, you know, try and win people back from the centre. Even though the 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 Liberal Democrats, for from here on end, will now be stained with the uh, the record that they had in uh, in governments. Even though they say, oh, we should be proud of it, but unfortunately, there is a lot there that uh, you know many of the uh, I would say the 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 left wing liberal side. Of 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 people have every right to have gripes over, and then sure. you've got obviously David Cameron, who is uh, you know pretending I would say to uh, bring things off to uh, to the trying to grab the centre ground, and trying and, you know. But let's let's face it, he is of the right, and he is uh, um, you know in, in these next couple of five years after dropping the um, you know the fact that he's going to be dropping the, the the premiership in five years time has really put his party in a very uncomfortable place of having, you know, inter- into intertwined, pol- you know, politicking within his own party. And also, on the top of that, he's going to have to deal with, you know, the everyday runnings of government. And that is going to be a problem for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you would hope that people wouldn't have that kind of, I mean, the thing is, it's inherent in, in our nature to have that kind of tribal mentality. Um you know, it's never been this severe. Of something. But the thing with the politics is that we have to understand that, it, it, you know, whatever we're supporting, whatever we're doing, whoever we're voting for, it should be the reason of. Well, I'm not voting for them because you know, just because I'm a part of their club, or you know, the fact that this girl who was out on Friday was saying, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't vote for Jeremy Corbyn. Why? well you know socks and sandals really you know and that's just the kind of mentality that a young person has over it but like the uh, you know people need to understand that whoever you're voting for whatever you're voting for really what it should be for is for you know the benefit of the country you know what's going to make the country better not who do you want in charge what is going to make the country better yeah but I mean or...
0: let's, let's face it the uh, the, the electorate in this country you know and this is the where Jeremy Corbyn is going to run into a massive brick wall and that is that uh, many people in this country will vote purely in their own self interest because at the end of the day um, I mean there's obviously going to be some good hearted people out there who say well you know I do care about the environment so I'm going to vote green I do care about uh, you, know, um, you know being so far out of Europe and uh, maybe some other things as well so I'm going to vote UKIP but they, at the end of the day, it is going to come down to, uh, you know, do I want this person in power and is it going to benefit me in the long term or do I want this person in power because it's going to, you know, uh, make me feel less guilty about something or whatever. It is literally the, the electorate is going to be focusing, when they get into that uh, that ballot, that ballot, sorry, into that uh, polling station, it is going to be about themselves rather than, unfortunately, the country as a whole. And unfortunately, we've had that mentality for years and so... Uh, well, yeah. I'm
1: hoping... That uh, you know that they'll be able to appeal to you know as many of the the good decent-hearted people as possible who felt that perhaps um, that their good-heartedness was futile in the last election, which you know is something that I found from talking to people. A lot of people felt like, well, even if I am good-hearted, even if I do do the right thing, what's the point?
0: Well, uh, I guess you know. I guess, know, there, I guess the uh, the uh, the well, the last election was basically you know, we, we, can we be a softer version of the Tories? Which uh, I mean, obviously, did not work. No, and not then really. we so obviously now the Labour Party has taken the uh, the option to say, well, what happens if we go to the left and see what happens here? And uh, dare I say, uh, they've garnered um, a lot more um, aspiring people, uh, and maybe maybe. Uh, uh people who are probably too hopeful or maybe or maybe actually would or maybe generally do want to change you know do have a good ideas to change you know who who knows you know obviously we've got a long way to go until 2020 a long way to go yeah but, uh, uh, yeah yeah, yeah, let, yeah. Let, let's not let's see let's see it. you know obviously with those scottish elections coming up let's see what happens there we've got local yeah. elections coming up next year let's see what happens there and dare i say even maybe even the um the, uh, the US presidential election, you know, where even though it's, uh, you know, miles away and obviously not in our jurisdiction, you know, uh, let's see how, you know, Bernie Sanders uh, over there is somewhat the, uh, uh, has, uh, you know, Jeremy Corbyn-esque kind of, uh, you know, a-, a float to him. So let's see how he does over there. And uh, if yeah. he uh, garners something, then, you know, maybe that will take a look at over here and say, you know, there might be something to uh, Jeremy Corbyn if Bernie Sanders can do that. So, yeah, you never know. Absolutely. Shall we get into? Manu, yeah. uh, speaking of transatlantic uh, partnerships, shall we get into our first? Uh, yes, subject? please. Let's do. Let's okay, this, this. there is this really stupid uh, trans-Pacific partnership going going on at the moment, and uh, WikiLeaks uh, gave us some information on it. And uh, the uh, quite frankly, it is a, um, a a partnership which has a lot of people. Right now, very worried. Uh, a 60-page chapter covers a, ra- a matter of ranging from drug patents uh, to copyright terms to trade secrets. Uh, not only is it exactly an easy—it's not exactly an easy read either. Uh, but in the brief period uh, following leaks, uh, several groups have already raised a number of complaints. Uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation have pointed out three of these. This is the um, the expansion of the U.S. lifetime plus 70 years rule uh, of, of fraud to copyright holders. So basically, it's the expansion of uh, copyright. Uh, the punishments for attempts to circumvent digital rights management, DRM restrictions, uh, that are independent of punishments for copyright infringements and uh, a case that seems to uh, make li- users liable for hacking digital rights management content um, material, uh, even though no copyright infringement has been committed. Uh, and criminalization of unauthorised, willful access to traits uh, secret held on computer system. Uh, despite the absence of an, an, analogous offline restrictions, a move that Malcolm calls a, um, this is Malcolm, um, yeah, Jeremy Malcolm of the Electronic Frontier Foundation, he calls it a frontal attack on hackers and journalists. I mean, hackers I don't really have too much sympathy for, but uh, journalists, you know, obviously people are trying to a, a expose corruption. And yeah, trying to exactly. get the story to us, you know, the fact that they will be attacked by this legislature, by this partnership, you know, that yeah. that's, that's that's not good for democracy, my friend.
1: No, that sounds like they're trying to silence people. Absolutely, uh, you know, they obviously for me, you know, for for sort of the <laughs> the everyman view, um, you know, it sounds very much like they've clearly got things that they're hiding, stuff that they don't want people to know about. And uh, they're upping the laws and the rules to make sure that those things do not become uh, public information, which only makes me think, yeah, well, clearly then there's something that you don't want us to know. You're hiding things.
0: Well, you know what? They've been hiding...
1: The, uh, uh,
0: go, uh, do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. This is something that's uh, come up very interestingly. That is, that, so You know the Intellectual Property Watch, this organization that uh, made, makes Freedom of Information requests? They have obtained 400 pages of emails where, and these emails show a close-knit relationship between negotiators and the in- indus- industry advisors uh, uh, that is unlikely unmatched by any other stakeholders so basically they have these lobbyists that are coming on to the advisory boards for this uh, these negotiations so basically the lobbyists are basically were helping to write this legislation wow
1: god so <laughs> so it's not not exactly the best kinds of uh, best kinds of people that you want. Uh,
0: Writing up the laws. No, then. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's like, I'm not saying like this is like new information. I mean, obviously, uh, someone will tell me like, well, when hasn't a lobbyist ever wrote written legislation? I mean, we all heard about uh, uh, what's his name. Um, there was a Conservative MP who was given um, a pretty much a word for word bill uh, f- from a religious organisation who wanted to uh, uh, restrict abortions for uh, for people. Right. And uh, pretty much, it was uh, you know there was no editing. It was basically word for word from this religious organization bring pre- given to this conservative MP. I completely forget the story if I can get it back up, then I, then I will. But you know this happens all the time, pretty much in uh, in the United States, where lobbyists uh, you know get the final say on basically what becomes law and what doesn't, because obviously they've got all the money for uh, the uh, election campaigns that uh, the senators and the uh, and the governors need to uh, in order to uh, keep their seats and keep their jobs.
1: Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, if the if the, if these People are sort of bought and paid for, um, or even if they're not. If there's these people who've bought and paid for enough, um, you know, enough people to support them and what they want, then yeah, I can imagine it makes people's jobs very difficult, you know. And I can norm- I can see now the kinds of people that would be uh, pulling the strings, you know. Um, has the uh, as the 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 gun control people have they had? Uh, do you reckon they have had anything? To do with this, in, in terms of you know, because there's so many people who go on this, about uh, this
0: is interesting, isn't it? Because you know, obviously, this is this trade, this Trans-Pacific Partnership deal, this TTIP deals. They they're supposed to kind of uh, put across the board across these economies that are going to be entering into it, basically. Uh, um, a, a widespread standardisation of uh, of, of, pro- of basically product standards. So, for example, I mean, obviously in Amer- in America, you know, the that you can have like growth hormones and pink slime in mm. their meats. This could happen now in Europe. As a, you know, as a result of this, and even there could even be a possibility of this uh, being you know, of this going towards uh, uh, arms and and guns as well. I mean, the fact that we could uh, maybe forced to adopt the same um, liberal uh, liberalised gun legislation that uh, America has, and obviously you know how liberal it's going to be because you know they have in their Second Amendment uh, the right to have well you know regulated armed militias. So, I mean, that that's a possibility that I could spread across not just, uh, you know, the, the Europe but across all these countries that uh, have um, you know, have, you know, go, go, gun restrictions on the books. So mm-hmm. it it could threaten them.
1: Yeah, it basically sounds like it's going to uh has the potential to open the floodgates in many countries and uh start, well, could it's the it's taking us uh, many many steps in the wrong direction <laughs> that the human race does not want to be going in, you know. Like especially with you know, if they're if they're feeding us slop, giving us guns, and you know putting blasphemous uh, pressure or blasphemous laws on people, then you know that's 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 like a sort of that is literally a, a move backwards in in our social, uh, humanistic progress that we've made. Like, you know, nobody, no, certainly the gun laws, like nobody, We, you know, how, how much better has our crime rate been? Or like you look at some of the countries in Europe, Australia, Canada, you look at their crime rate compared to the U.S., and it's just. You know what's funny. Thing.
0: You know what's funny because um, you know, the Obama administration, when it, when they were uh, researching uh, uh, gun control, they were actually uh, they actually sent advisors to Manchester. You know, because obviously this, this this city had uh, the reputation of Gunchester. So basically, it had. Um, a gun, it had a massive gun problem at one point, and then uh, we got a grip to that, obviously we had like the amnesty and uh, we obviously had um, more rigorous policing in regards to guns, we had other, you know, Sorry, we had other uh, uh, regulation on the books as well, and that uh, brought down the use of guns as well. And obviously we had an education program on top of that to get uh, kids out of gangs. And uh, they were so, you know, uh, the Obama administration was so impressed with what Manchester did in regards to their progress, they sent um, advisers over to this this, this city to say, how did you guys pull it off? And what, what lessons can we learn from you guys? So yeah. there is, um, so obviously there is that, and but now there is a possibility that the lessons that have been learned in this in this city, if uh, if the t- if the TPP and the T you know the TTIP is put through, and obviously now it's uh, basically the the where we stand now is that the agreement has been agreed, so the countries are in agreement with with this legislation. Whether the lawmakers in this country will agree with it or not, well. I think that's going to be up to them, and also up to their constituents, of whether they're going to allow this to pass or not. So my um, my advice to everybody would be to get in touch with your politicians. I definitely will be getting in touch with mine should TTIP then start to come down to a vote, because if it does, then obviously I'm I'm definitely going to be writing a letter to my representative to say this is not on, this is not acceptable, and that is that you know we cannot have. A um, situation where we have a liberalisation of gun. We, basically, we go backwards uh, out of all the progress that we've made in regards to, um, you know, taking guns off kids, taking uh, you know, but you know, having copyright legislation that doesn't discriminate against uh, people, having uh, giving journalists the freedom to do their investigations, you know, to take that or all- to start going backwards on all that. So take a- take all that down a peg. That is that is not that is not acceptable quite frankly in a in a democracy the fact that you start taking rights away from people
1: yeah absolutely yeah and yeah and and you well like i say that that's yeah that's what it is it's it's taking us backwards and for what reason other than one can only imagine to benefit themselves and for some kind of profit down the line you know and uh yeah, so absolutely <laughs> get in touch with your local MPs and uh you know and i suppose just educate yourselves on the matter.
0: Yeah. Um shall we move on to our next topic and uh i tell you what we have to uh, I mean the why this keeps coming back and this isn't actually new this what we're going to talk about here. Um Harry um when uh, Anakin Skywalker And I feel like a madman talking about this, but you know when Anakin Skywalker in uh, the third Star Wars prequel uh, went into the Jedi Temple and got out his lightsaber and slaughtered the younglings, as they (laughs) call them, or the kids, as we call them in the real world. Um, Did anyone blame the lightsaber?
1: Uh... No, uh, certainly not anyone that I can think of. Yeah, um...
0: this is what the pro-gun lobby are using to justify their rights to like hold guns and uh, you know be uh, as, as responsible gun owners, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently their argument is, well, you know, you can't blame guns for gun violence, so uh, you can't blame lightsabers for the slaughter of children in the third Star Wars film.
1: Right. Okay. So, well, for a start. for a start, you know, a lightsaber is not a real thing, and that mass murder of the younglings was a part of uh, a fictional film, so it never really happened, so that's pointless for a start, but... Harry, Um, you ain't going
0: to take my lightsaber away from me. Yeah,
1: no one's going to take my lightsaber. It's my right to bear lightsabers in case the government rises up and we need to fight back. They took
0: our (laughs) lightsabers. They took the force. Oh, God. You know, it's It's, like, it's it's, it's so crazy, isn't it? It's like, you know, also, let's uh, take this back, shall we? to, you know, let's, let's take Anakin Skywalker back, shall we, too? And I, I really hate the prequels, so it's like, I really hate having to talk about this subject, but I'll hold my nose for the sake of showing, you know, these right-wing idiots that they're, that they're, they're full of shit. So, okay, so we go into to the first film, okay? And what do we have? We have Anakin Skywalker, who obviously is going through some massive amounts of trouble. He's obviously a slave and he's separated from his mother during the film, so he holds holds a lot of angst, hate, and everything like that. And the Jedi Council knew this from from the get-go. And it was only because, for whatever reason, which is never really explained, and maybe you can explain it to me, I don't know, but you know when Jin gets killed? Apparently then he says, oh, he's the chosen one, train him, yada, yada, yada. Apparently that then justifies... Um, Anakin getting, tra- you know, the Jedi Council pretty much turning up, turning back their decision, and saying that Anakin Skywalker should then be trained to be a Jedi. Yeah. Which to me sounds like, you know, it's like sounds like, you know, is bullshit. Because you know, it's like um, that sounds to me like uh, there's that to me is justification that the you know obviously the body that uh, was supposed to decide who is fit to be a Jedi and who isn't is not strong enough. Yeah, to to exactly. basically say, you know, a, a, an angry young kid who has a lot of social problems is allowed to wave around a lightsaber and also be able to choke people with the force. And yeah, th-
1: yeah. Despite the fact that all of them were like, yeah, he's not ready. He's not in the. He's too old or something like that. And. But then they still go ahead with it. But let's not forget, the reason that they went ahead with it was because they had to for the sake of the plot because we know that by the end of the three movies that Anakin Skywalker either becomes Darth Vader or is at the point where he's going to become Darth Vader. I mean, you know, a lot of it you just put down to the bad writing. Absolutely, and my
0: point is, is that you know, if if anyone there had had any had a brain cell between them in that in those three films, is that they never would have let Anakin Skywalker become a Jedi in the first place. Yeah. Let absolutely. alone, you know, uh, so you know, so we haven't even got to the lightsaber yet. So already, for me, that's justification for uh, more stringent gun legislation. To say, you know, maybe they should have taken that into account before yeah. allowing him and obviously getting rid of like bullshit excuses of like saying you know just because uh, whatever happened in the first whatever happened in the first film i do not even remember remember what happened in the first film uh that's how yeah. unmemorable it is but obviously there needs to be and I, I can't believe we're talking about star wars like this but you know just uh you know there was no justification whatsoever for uh you know anakin skywalker to be declared sane enough to be a jedi you know, like so that it would pretty much be like you know, obviously someone walking into a gun store is like I've had you know a really bad you know social background. I've been allowed to you know I've been held as a slave and stuff like that. It's like you know, and there's like for me that would that would that would just a background check to see whether you know, and obviously they talk about mental health. It's like you know, obviously you got to you know you know at least give people like a psychological exam or something like that in order to where you know whether they're actually fit enough to be. Uh, a uh, so to be a gun owner, so like you know yeah. you have to do that already if you want to change gender, you know keep that yeah. in mind. So there's more stringent, you know, where background checks on on gender pe- on you know gender changes than there is on um than there is on gun owners. Yeah, so like, you know it's just and either, then the, you know, the, you know the, no one gets killed when you change when you when you get a a trans op. You know it's like uh you know you can get you can absolutely kill somebody if you own a weapon.
1: Yeah, Science, you know. sure, absolutely. I mean, this is... I mean, God knows how many times we've talked about this on the show, but, like, yeah, I, it's... For me, the the argument is, uh, you know, it dies in the water. As soon as you start going down the path of, like, oh, well, you know, it's not, it's not guns that kill people, it's people that kill people. So it's not Jedis that kill people, it's Jedis with lightsabers. Oh, no, it's not lightsabers that kill people, it's Jedis with lightsabers that kill people. But... Same with anyone who had a gun, anyone who had a lightsaber, their chances of being uh, successful in murdering someone would be significantly, if not massively, less if they didn't have the weapon in the first place. If you had a crazed man chasing you with, you know, a baseball bat, you're more likely to survive and defend yourself from someone with a stick than someone with a gun because somebody with a gun doesn't have to be strong, overpowering, fast or anything like that. They can be in some cases uh, a child, but they have the power with that weapon to end a life at the pull of a trigger. And I mean the, the lightsabers in the Star Wars prequels got um you know, they weren't written in the way that they had been originally used in the first Star Wars movies because, as has been pointed out before, when you think back to the first Star Wars movies, the only time any of the Jedi's, whether it's Obi-Wan, Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader, they will only take out their lightsabers when they need to use them, you know, and when they do use them, it's effective. They don't just keep taking them out every opportunity and they don't use them in a way of like, right, okay now I'm here I better pull out the lightsaber when you look at the original films the lightsabers are always used as a last resort Um, and when they do they don't sort of go crazy with them they'll just do what needs to be done and then put them away again but yeah, I mean, the f- I can't even believe we're having this conversation. I can't believe yeah, that there it's are a- pro-gun people who would use that as an example. It's a film.
0: <laughs> yeah. On top of that, it's a it's a stupid example. The fact that yeah. uh, you know, and also on, it's based on prequels that are badly written and nobody likes. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, um, honestly... Oh, by the way, I've just noticed that uh, it says here that uh, uh, Senator Palpatine, uh, hungry for power and motivated by religion, manipulated events so that the light saber could fall into the boy's hands. So obviously, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So it's basically people uh, like, you know, politicians that are... You know, for through their motivation and their beliefs of guns, and obviously with the money they get from the NRA, uh, obviously that's the reason why people can get these guns, same way that Anakin Skywalker can get a light, la- can get hold of a lightsaber. Right. Um. Okay. So, uh, I think it was probably. Well, I'm trying to have a look at the. Um, there was something else that uh, that caught my eye as well, which uh, I didn't want to say, but it actually, I I could see I could to the chase because obviously you know this this. Kind of conversation is getting a bit ridiculous, but uh, yeah. basically they yeah, like, created this meme uh, that came up, and uh, basically it's uh, they said, "Okay, nobody blamed the lightsaber." True, however, uh, and then they cut to Jar Jar Binks, and they say they didn't just let any idiot own one either.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's gonna yeah. be
0: that's gonna be the title picture of the uh, of the show. By the way, yeah. so I'm definitely, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. gonna put that up when That's I get the chance. I do like that
1: picture. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm definitely going to put that up soon. Okay, um... Uh, moving on. Moving on, <laughs> yeah, um, here's the, um, this one, this story is, um, I don't really know how to feel about this one, and that is that, well, uh, the reason I can't I know how to feel about this one is because it won't load, but, uh, uh the BFG is going to be the last DreamWorks uh, production when they divorce themselves from Disney, and there's even talk about Spielberg uh, leaving DreamWorks behind as well. So I mean, this is obviously going to be a three-way split from the looks of things. I mean, I recently actually—I tell you what—I recently picked up the the BFG, uh, the original film that they made by Crosgrove Hall. Like in yeah. nineteen eighty eight. And uh, it Great is a film. it is a it is a brilliant film. Okay, the animation is not really that passable, but uh, when you look at how beautifully the backgrounds are drawn, when you look at how the characters are portrayed, and when you look yeah. at when you how British the film felt as well. Yeah. That was another the soundtrack, thing as well.
1: Remember, but more than anything, the soundtrack was really, really nice. And do you know what? For a kid's film it did uh It terrified me. (laughs) As well as entertain me, it terrified me as a child.
0: Um,
1: I was afraid constantly of opening my curtains in the thought that there might be a giant waiting outside the window to crunch my bones. But um, So, yeah, a great kids' film in the sense that it had all... The colours of the spectrum, you know, it was funny, it was amazing, it had its sad moments in it, and it had its scary moments in it.
0: Yeah, um, there was I was don't that I kind of uh, was kind of weird though. Sainsbury's, which uh, I walked into, um, they had you know they have like all the Halloween um, stuff currently going on at the moment, and they had the DVD rack which had like all like all the Scooby Doo's and everything like that, and all the uh, Halloween cartoons and stuff like that. And strangely enough, the BFG was one of the one of those on the rack.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it is—it's is pretty scary when you think about it, especially like uh, I'm trying to think of the example. I mean, even the first moment when she sees BFG was quite scary. The bit where you think—I um, mean, sees it's
0: not exactly, you know. I mean, yeah, you know, obviously, the nightmare before Christmas was. Uh, I mean, obviously, it wasn't. Obviously, it was a Halloween themed and also Christmas themed film and obviously that's the reason why many people consider it for halloween but it wasn't um i mean it obviously had it had its uh it had its comedic moments and it had its uh you know light you know very light hearted moments but you know i wouldn't say the bfg was on par with the nightmare before christmas in regards to its uh you know regards to its content not its visuals but its content and uh so i mean i'm i'm, I'm quite surprised well, really that they were, i mean i thought the bfg would probably be you know uh but it is—it is—does it have its scary moments, but we wouldn't necessarily say that it's an you know an all-round you know scare scare thing.
1: Oh no, it's not an all-round scare fest, no. But I mean, I can't ever remember in *The Nightmare Before Christmas* there being a scene where it's implied that a child is about to be eaten alive whilst being asleep. You know. It's, oh yeah. Uh, you know. um... Yeah, I mean I I saw the the Nightmare Before Christmas a bit later in life. Um so if there were any elements in it that were meant to be scary, it didn't uh it didn't scare me. Yeah. But um but yeah, but so Dreamworks and Disney are parting ways and Spielberg is going off in his direction as well. I mean, I'm trying yeah. to think of the the most recent Disney DreamWorks. um film that
0: they did together. I, I can't think. I got to be honest. let let's have a, I mean they've been around for like 7 years. I mean, I really want to take a look at the uh, really what they've what they've done within mm. that 7 years because I got to be honest with you. It's uh, I mean, even I'm forgetting exactly what's what they So here. I've got here I've got the uh, the Dreamworks uh, I'm trying to think I'm trying to find the Dreamworks uh, Disney era which uh, which was there. I've got the I've got the DreamWorks Paramount pictures ones. I don't know if there was uh I don't know if there were any uh say was to go uh so I'm just trying I'm sorry everyone I'm trying to find it at the moment. So it's uh let's do a list of DreamWorks Disney films. Let's see if it's uh they got a uh, Dreamworks picture films. I mean I've got some for like universal, Paramount, uh Reliance ADA, um Say nothing. Nothing that's co-production with. uh, uh, Sorry, I thought I'd have a list of uh, like the uh, the the list of movies that they had between, um, uh, obviously between um, Disney and and DreamWorks. But obviously that's uh, not a list. If if
1: we find it later, we have to put it on the uh, on the group page. Yeah, I will do. But uh, yeah, saying that.
0: Yeah. So just in general, let's just have a look at the the, let's just have a look at the DreamWorks pictures that they they produced in the last. uh, in the last ten years, shall we say? And so let's see if any of them are actually, you know, any good or not. Um, so, uh, I mean, the first one is. Um, um, so I'm trying to think. Are these actually, actually, are these are the DreamWorks CGI films. I don't know. Uh, I'm not too sure. I think these are just like the uh, these are the like live action stuff. I think. Right. So tell you what, we'll go through them anyway and see if any of them are. Uh, see if uh, Disney going to miss anything from DreamWorks at this point. Um, okay. Uh, the first one that they made in two thousand and five was uh, uh, the prize winner for Def- of defiance. Iho, uh, mm. Ohio. No. Don't know that. Uh, next one is Dreamer. Nope. Uh, memoirs of uh, Geisha.
1: Memoirs of a Geisha girl. Geisha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I th- I, th- I do seem to remember that one. That's the sort of Oriental one.
0: Okay. Uh, Munich.
1: Uh, I, again, I, I sort of recognize the name, don't think I've seen it. Yeah,
0: Munich was the, actually, I think Munich was, this was the historical drama of uh, the Operation Wrath of God, the Israeli government secret retaliation against the Palestinian Liberation Organization after the uh, Munich Massacre. So, wow. uh, no, that was ten years ago, nearly. Wow. Uh, next it. one is Matchpoint.
1: Uh, is that a football one? That is uh,
0: a 2005 drama uh, directed by Woody Allen and uh, it is uh, a character marries into a wealthy family but his social position is threatened by his affair with a brother-in-law's girlfriend, played by Johansson. Scarlet Johansson. No, I don't know that one. Um, Let's have a look. Uh, She's the Man.
1: Uh, Is that the one where the girl is pretending to be a boy? Yeah, it's it's an
0: Amanda Bynes film.
1: Yes, yeah, I do. I think I've seen that one.
0: Yeah, no... Uh next one is The Last Kiss.
1: No, don't know that
0: one. Okay. Uh next one is Flag of Our Fathers. Don't know that one. Uh, that one's US distribution only, so that's the reason why we don't know that one. Uh, uh 2006 is Dream Girls. Uh
1: Dream Girls.
0: Uh is that uh stripping... That is that is the uh no it's not it's not that that's Show Girls. Uh Dream Girls uh, is the film starring Jamie Foxx, Beyonce, Eddie Murphy, uh Danny uh, yes. Glover
1: yeah I know that one yeah does does he play Ray Charles in that film
0: I'm not too sure I mean I think he probably did but uh yeah I yeah. if to find all the films that we actually consider memorable so I tell you what, we'll ignore all like the uh the strange ones um 2007 is Norbit
1: uh oh God who's in that one though? that's the
0: really horrible Eddie Murphy film.
1: Oh yeah, where he's like a sort of a dweeby character.
0: Yeah, and like he also plays like this fat girlfriend as well. Yeah, no, like I that. didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, next one is uh, 2007. Is Blades of Glory?
1: That's the ice skating one, isn't it? Yeah, it stars
0: Will Ferrell and uh, Joe Hader.
1: Uh, yeah, again, not seen it. I know Joe that Hader, one, sorry. but I've not seen it.
0: Um, next one is Disturbia.
1: Don't know that one. Sounds like a Peter Andre song.
0: Um, Disturbia was a, uh, an American mi- mystery horror thriller. Uh, it was based on Halford Hitchcock's uh, Rear Window and uh, it stars Shelley Booth, uh, Sarah Romeo, and uh, Carrie Annie Moss. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's that uh, one. Um, 2007's Transformers. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: well, we all know Transformers. All know Transformers that, yeah. that, that, that shower. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, 2007 is The Heartbreak Kid. Don't know that one. Uh, Okay, next one is uh, Things We Lost in the Fire.
1: Don't know that one.
0: <laughs> okay, The Kite Runner.
1: Yes, I have seen The Kite Runner. Uh, that's a very good film, uh, if you've not seen it. It's uh, it's quite harrowing. Uh, apparently the book's better, but then the book's always better. But, uh, yeah, it's a good film. Definitely recommend a watch if you get a chance.
0: Okay. Uh, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of uh, Fleet Street.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, again, I've seen that one.
0: Yeah, I uh, seen that one. It has like a such a, a Shah, Shah, Baron Coban in it. So yeah, again, like it's shape of the face.
1: Yeah, shape the face. Don't my beard. Like yeah, it's again. I'm not. I'm not too sure on the castings of that. But again, it's Tim Burton, so he's he's gonna cast his his favourites. But um,
0: oh, he's weird, yeah. isn't he? So obviously he's gonna he's gonna bring in the weird and wonderful. So uh,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a good it's an alright movie. Yeah. from
0: what I remember okay my sister liked it so (laughs) Uh, next one is the ruins
1: don't know that one
0: okay next one is Tropic Thunder
1: oh yeah that's a great film Uh, Tropic Thunder with uh,
0: Robert Downey Jr. Ben Stiller and uh, Jack Black
1: yeah brilliant movie Mm -hmm. Uh, a brilliant uh, cinematic experience
0: (laughs) next one is uh, Ghost Town
1: uh, is that Ricky Gervais? Uh,
0: it is Ricky Gervais.
1: Where it, Yeah, I I We went to see that one at the cinema. Uh, not all that memorable. Cause so I say,
0: look, I looking at it, 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 I mean, I've never seen it either. But I look at the po- I look at the poster, and I, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is Randall and Hopkirk Diseased.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. All I can remember is it's him. He plays a dentist. He gets involved in an accident, and after the accident, because he sort of died and come back to life. He has the ability to see ghosts.
0: Okay. Yeah, uh, next one is Eagle Eye. Don't know that one. Okay. Next one is Revolutionary Road.
1: Uh, again, not too sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think that's. Oh, hang on, now. That's now that's the. Uh, is that the one with um, Tom Hanks?
0: It's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, and it's based off the 1961 uh, novel of the same name.
1: Yes, no, I do know that one. Um, yeah, yeah, I went to see that one. Yeah. It so very good. It's, a,
0: it's a co-production between BBC Films and uh, Paramount Vantage. So uh, it's... Uh, that's it, it was a good
1: movie. From from what I can remember, it was a very good movie. I, I, I It took me a while to realise that it's the same guys that were in uh, Titanic together.
0: Yeah, I'd I'm quite t- surprised. It, it kind of feels kind of weird because uh, you know I thought I uh, I think Leonardo DiCaprio would be. In, you know I thought you know he he seems so distant. You know a you see that you know BBC Films managed to get to do something with him. It's kind of like oh wow. Mm. It's like you know he, you know he's so far up there and his BBC saying oh yeah well, you know we've had Leonardo DiCaprio in our uh, in our midst at one point. Um, okay, uh, next one is Hotel for Dogs no I don't know that one no it's a co-production with nickelodeon movies um next one is the uninvited uh
1: that horror movie
0: i think it is yeah it's a psychological horror uh directed by the guard brothers uh right yeah so uh elizabeth yeah. Banks is in it right um next one is i love you man um
1: yeah that's one of the sort of comedy bromance movies uh is it Vince Vaughn and uh, um Paul Rudd
0: Yeah I think so. yeah Paul Rudd and uh, Jason Segel actually All ah, right okay there we go Um next one is the soloist
1: Um don't know that one
0: Yeah uh, next one is Transformers Revenge of the Fallen
1: <laughs> Yeah again another shower of shit with great yeah. big transforming balls
0: okay um next one is paranormal activity
1: yeah yeah i saw that um thought it was all right again it's the classic film where not really a lot happens it's just all implied and there's a few jump scares in it typical modern horror movie
0: yeah and uh the next one is the lovely bones
1: yeah that was the one again based off a book um again people said that the Book was way better than the movie.
0: Oh yeah, uh, it always is, isn't it?
1: But yeah, I've not seen it the whole way through. I yeah. It.
0: Uh, next one is she has she's out of my league.
1: Ah, uh, oh, who's in that one?
0: That is uh, is directed by Jim Field Smith, and it stars uh, Jay Barrichello and Alice Eve. Don't know that one. Don't know man. that one. Uh, next and the last one for the this is for the DreamWorks uh, Paramount uh, partnership. Uh, that this is a thousand worlds. Don't know that thousand words no okay um, these are the ones that Dreamworks have done with a group called Reliance ADA so uh, let's see how these fare um, the one in 2010 is uh, Dinner for Schmucks nope I'm a number four nope Cowboys and Aliens
1: uh, yeah I know that one based off the graphic novel didn't do too well
0: when it came out what was Daniel Craig doing
1: I know what was he thinking
0: like, he I know, you know, you know he's recently he's talked about, you know, he's like, I'd rather slip my own wrist than play another Bond film. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like obviously he's done that. It's like, you know, would you rather would you, what would you rather do? Would you rather play an iconic uh, movie character or would you rather do Cowboys and Aliens? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean he obviously needed needed a bit of a bit of pocket money there, so Yeah. Uh, uh
0: next one is The Help. Nope. Okay. Next one is Fright Night.
1: Oh, yeah, that was the remake of the 80s horror movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I did the go one, and see yeah.
0: that. It was the one starring uh, Anton Yelchin, Colin Farrell, and uh, Christopher Mintz-Pease, please. Yeah. David Tennant. Yes,
1: like yeah, I did go and see that, that one.
0: Yeah. The uh, next one is Delivery Man. Nope. Need for Speed.
1: Uh, yeah, obviously.
0: Yeah, Electronic Arts had a hand in that, which was, uh, yeah, quite mm. strange. It felt kind of strange. They usually uh, do like, all the sports stuff. Yeah. Um <laughs> Next one is a hundred foot journey. Nope. Uh, okay, Bridge of Spies. Nope. And uh, the obviously actually sorry, Bridge of Spies doesn't come out for another four days. So uh, yeah, so no no reason no one's seen it. Yeah. And uh, the final obviously the final one which we got on the list is the BFG, which has not come out yet because it doesn't come out till July first of twenty sixteen. So. Uh, uh-huh. That is uh, obviously their co-production with Walt Disney Pictures,
1: right? And so I mean,
0: uh, so again, I don't know. We we we've picked out like maybe one, maybe two films which we've heard of, but not necessarily have looked back on with any sort of uh, uh, sort of kind of like you know uh, look up on them or anything like that. You know, so all their all their best films to me are all between their 1997 2005 range. I mean, shall we go through them? yeah sure okay uh, okay, the first one's The Peacemaker
1: not too sure about that
0: okay Amistad no Mouse Hunt yes I know that one I know that one yeah that was a a pretty funny film
1: hilarious movie Uh,
0: next one is Pauly
1: don't know that one Deep Impact yes yeah that's the asteroid movie isn't it
0: yeah it is Small Soldiers
1: yes love that movie yeah
0: Saving Private Ryan
1: Oh, classic, yeah. Brilliant. Ants. Yes, know that one, yeah. Uh,
0: the underrated classic, The Prince of Egypt.
1: Uh, yes, I have seen The Prince of Egypt. I remember going to see it, and uh, yeah, I think what, it's fair what, to say that The Prince of Egypt, even with all the music, was probably better than the Ridley Scott movie that came out
0: the I, other year. I'm going to be honest with you, I actually like the soundtrack. I think it's, uh, if you listen to the scene, and it's actually on Spotify if you actually want to track it down. Uh, if you listen to the music where he finds the burning bush, that is the most amazing and most spiritual music I think you could find for that, that scene. So like, you know, it, it tops the, uh, I, remember, I remember when the, the Ten Commandments, Made you know obviously the the uh, film starring Vincent Price. I mean, that that, that when they made that uh, burning bush scene seem very dramatic and over the top, it did feel kind of like a bit, yeah, it kind of it did kind of suit it, but at the same time, you know, you had the prince of if you asked what scene would you like to have, would you like to have the, the burning bush scene out of the Ten Commandments, or would you rather have the burning bush scene out of the prince of Egypt? I gotta pick the prince of Egypt because he just suits it,
1: mm. yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose so, yeah.
0: yeah, okay. Next one is in dreams. Don't know that one. Uh, Forces of Nature. Don't know that one. The Love Letter.
1: Don't think I know that one. The Haunting. Uh, Yes, I believe I know that one, yeah. The Haunting, I know that.
0: Yeah, How can we not know this one? American Beauty.
1: Ah, brilliant movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Classic piece of work. Classic Kevin Spacey.
0: Oh, I think I might have found the stinker, actually. Galaxy Quest.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people took the uh, took the mick out of Galaxy Quest, although some people, you know, it's it's had a a bit of a sort of cult following. Um, yeah. But yeah, I remember it was a bit, a bit. The storyline was a bit naff, um, but
0: it had yeah. Tim Allen in it as well. It was like, yeah, he's done Buzz Lightyear. It's like that. that yeah. That's his idea of sci-fi. It's like you know. As far as I'm concerned, you know, he needs to stay. He needs to stay on tool time and talk to Tim, the tool man's neighbour. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then
1: it also had Sigourney Weaver in it. Alan Rickman. It had a you know, it had a pretty good cast. Yeah, it was just not very but well. As we
0: all know, what, what was like? Do you remember the what was it? What what's which film has had probably like the strongest cast and has like the the shittest reviews? I think Be Cool. I think has to be that one. I think, uh, or was it Be Cool or was it? Uh, I can't remember what he was. He had like Dwayne, he had like Dwayne Johnson in, it. He had like all these really no notor notori- actors with big notoriety, and he had everyone just kind of shaz on it because they had the the there was basically actors walking around not knowing what to do. Right. So yeah. I, I can't remember, but uh, yeah, yeah. That, that that film's out. there. I'm sure someone's going to name it for us. But um, the next one is The Road to El Dorado.
1: No, that was another uh, animated one, wasn't it? Where yeah. they were going in search of the Golden City. I never actually saw that.
0: I saw it. I, th- I, th- I thought it was good. It wasn't as memorable as, I would say, some other films that were out there at the time. And then we're, we're definitely going to go through them all. Um, next one is Gladiator. Uh, yeah. Great yeah, yeah. Great movie. Great film. Be- won the Academy Award for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, next one is Road Trip.
1: Oh, yeah. I... In Love Road Trip, again, like, it's kind of not the not the biggest of the sort of, um... Uh... uh what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's basically, I don't think it did as well oh, as... Oh, this, thing, is, like this is the
0: one Pi, where but... Tom Green plays somebody and he accidentally sends a uh, sex tape to his girlfriend, and then, so he's, like, on this road trip to go get it back.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, so, I, I, I remember that one. Um... Then there's small-time crooks. Don't know that one. Chicken Run.
1: Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, Brilliant Mel Gibson. Film. <laughs> and a lot of uh, sort of Yorkshire actresses
0: um it just fit didn't it it's like yeah you know, like you here's this outsider who comes in and basically starts shaking everything up with like saying oh you know i can teach you how to fly you know he's like and stuff like that and uh you know obviously if you've not seen chicken run you need to go see it because it is a, uh, it is literally it, it, i say it would it would please both you know uh audiences definitely audiences on this side of the of the atlantic and definitely audiences on the other side of atlantic so you definitely got to go see it mm-hmm. so yeah um, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next one. What lies beneath? Yeah. Again, that was a. Uh,
1: was that Ebnai Shemalalman? Yeah, I can it? never pronounce his name. But uh, was was that him?
0: Um, was it a Shyamalan movie? No, it was directed by uh, Robert C Zeme- Zeme- Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, as in Back to the Future yeah. and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. No, I thought it was um, sh- uh, Shyamalan because it-, it has a twist in the end. But I have seen. What
0: he twist! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I can pull that off because I have an Indian accent. So, uh, <laughs> um, okay. Um, well, you know, I have an Indian side of the family. You can I can get that accent from. Yeah. Um, next one is almost famous.
1: Oh, that's and uh, we're not talking about the chain of restaurants. Um, no, I, it I, is
0: the film starring. It's directed by Cameron Crowe and it stars uh, Billy Crudrip and Kate Hudson. And Patrick, if you did. No, I don't know that Tells the fictional story of a teenage journal- journalist writing for Rolling Stone magazine in the early 1970s. No. No. Okay, Um. next one is Meet the Parents.
1: Yeah, great movie, great comedy. Um. Yeah, Robert De Niro, despite being a complete badass, like mm-hmm. um, he can do the comedy as well, and this film was proof of it.
0: I just realised, I was about to say that this is one of the films that Adam Sandler's actually tolerant in, but I just realised it's Ben Stiller, not Adam Sandler, so that's yeah. the reason it's tolerable yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you see my Facebook message just be, uh, before when um, I posted up this afternoon uh, I, I, for those of you who don't know I had the day off and so I actually started, I was doing some uh, banking stuff while I was waiting for my uh, my meeting uh, I was um, I went into a charity shop and I gotta be honest with you I walked onto the DVD section and you wouldn't believe the collection of Adam Sandler movies that were actually on that charity, charity shop shelf everyone they're not even bothering to to ebay these adam sandler films they're giving them away hoping that someone is going to take them and you know give some money for cancer or something
1: yeah i was going to say well last i heard i think they were shipping them out to africa to build houses out of them (laughs) because there's so many of them (laughs) left over (laughs) Uh, oh god there
0: we go <laughs> yeah So no they're being, they're being pulped the same way that uh, you remember uh, whatchamacallit uh, what's his name uh, Alan, Bar- Al- Alan oh, Partridge oh yeah, Alan Partridge's book yeah they're all being pulped that's back,
1: yeah <laughs> that's what's happening to them all yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, the next one is The Contender don't know that one okay uh, The Legend of Bag of Vance don't know that one either i do remember the legend of baghavan it stars will smith and matt damon and uh it was uh, oh, the film was criticized by several african-american commentators reviewers for its uh, magical negro as a plot device
1: right so, uh, okay. yeah
0: that's probably why right. it's not done so well oh will smith what were you thinking no um joseph king of dreams
1: Oh, now was that an animated, or was it live-action?
0: That was a... Di- oh, 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 I know why. It's a director video release from Dreamworks Animation. It is an adaptation of uh, the story of Joseph uh, from the Book of Genesis from in the Bible. Uh, it right. also serves as a prequel to the 1998 film The Prince of Egypt. No, never saw it. So, this is basically what they did. Uh, they decided to go reverse Disney. Instead of making prequels for director video they decided to make prequels instead. So... Uh, right well lucas arts films they were making prequel comics so uh, yeah yeah so it's like uh, you know I, I, they all, they all seem to want to come up with their own formula of how to basically monetize their own products um next one is Castaway.
1: oh yeah great movie um I believe it was the one of the ones that um <coughs> i think it was the film that people have put down to um the fact that tom hanks is now i think he's got diabetes and they were saying about you know there is a danger for actors who choose to gain weight and lose weight for movie roles that you know it can have a long term effect on your body. And now he's uh, yeah he's diabetic. Mm.
0: And uh, yeah, well, Tom Hanks uh, he but so anyway he uh, didn't he did castaway win any awards for? Uh... I can't, do you know
1: what I can't remember? I, part of me thinks so, but oh,
0: I, Tom Hanks was nominated for Best Leading Actor. Uh for the basically the actor role in the seventy seventy third Academy Awards performance. So he was nominated but he didn't actually win it. So uh yeah. I'll tell you what, like uh putting your body through that and then not you're not getting the not getting what you wanted, it's like uh yeah, that's uh, that's sad actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. Um uh, next one is an everlasting peace. Don't know that one. Okay. Next one is the Mexican.
1: Mm, that's not with Jack Black, is it?
0: Uh I think uh let me have a look for you. It's uh, no. It stars Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt. No, I don't know that. It one. is uh, the script originally intended to be filmed as an independent production without a major motion picture star, but uh, Roberts and Pitts, who had sometime been looking for a project to do together, learned uh, learned about it and decided to make it. Right. So hey, it's a uh, it's an underdog story. So and everyone loves the underdog story. Everyone loves the underdog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we've never heard of this film. It's uh, some little animated film called Shrek.
1: Oh, yeah, never. <laughs> uh, just remind me about that one. Right. It's just
0: the first winner of the uh, uh, Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. You know, no no, biggie. So. Right, uh, was Tom Farley
1: in that movie? Is
0: that <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah, he had, like, had like a guy, I think his name was Mike, Mike Myers. Oh, the I murderer, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there was also uh, another guy who uh, he was called Eddie Murphy. Oh
1: uh, yeah, I think he did some work, other work for DreamWorks that yeah. uh, was equally not as memorable. But, and, then,
0: and then there's uh, there's this one girl. She's uh, I mean she's called Cameron Diaz. 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 You know I mean? Yeah. So.
1: Well.
0: And actually, oh did you actually hear hear about this? It was uh, the uh, they actually released the original um, uh, voice voiceover work for you know the b- person who was supposed to. Uh, Play uh, Shrek. Shrek, yeah, Tom Farley. Tom
1: that was what Fa- I was saying before. Yeah, he was the guy from. Uh, he did a few films. Did he do Beverly Hills Ninja or something like that? He was in yeah. uh, the Coneheads. He did a lot of stuff on Saturday Night Live. He was a a great big fat fella, and uh, he died quite young.
0: Uh, yeah, it was like it was sad because he actually died during production, so they had to make the uh, horrible decision, you know, to uh, decide to say, okay, well, we're going to have to replace him with uh, with Mike Myers. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I tell you what, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to belittle him in his in in his demise, but uh, I mean, uh, he obviously what they had originally, obviously was, I don't know if it was going to work the way it was going to work, and who knows, maybe they might have changed Shrek. Uh, gave Shrek a, re- Shrek a revamp when they already did it with Chris Farley whether he, he died or not but uh, I mean obviously when uh, he obviously had to pass away they had to rethink how they were going to do the film and obviously Mike Myers came in and he did something completely different and obviously they had to remodel it over that But
1: Yeah well I think when they were originally going to do it it was going to be a normal 2D animation um, and then obviously with the gap that they had after Tom Farley passed away uh you know the technology moved on a lot and then obviously yeah mike myers came along and did something different with the character
0: mm-hmm. so
1: uh you know everything happens for a reason but so this, this is weird do
0: you, do you know shrek was post 9 11 well, sorry it was pre 9 11
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was
0: That that feels kind of weird i thought it was i thought it was after 9 11 to be honest with you but so. no no okay then uh um, next film is evolution
1: Yeah, that was good. That was sort of like uh, Ghostbusters, but with aliens, wasn't it?
0: I didn't think... Uh, it Was it that successful? Because, uh, oh, yeah, it it made made $98 million at the box office, oh, but it was an $80 million budget, so it wasn't entirely successful. It had a
1: cartoon series, but I can only remember watching a couple of those episodes. But I was actually dreaming about it last night, actually, the Evolution (laughs) movie, funnily enough. Um, There's a scene in it where... The, uh, the aliens have evolved, and they're at the level of the primates, and then these weird sort of alien monkeys come out and start grabbing people and attacking people, and I was dreaming about that particular moment, but uh, yeah, it had its funny moments in it, uh, it's a nice little sort of standalone movie, um, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, I'll try and breeze through these next ones. And uh, so, basically, uh, well, AI artificial att- intelligence, uh, pretty bad yeah, film to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. The Curse of Jade Scorpion, wasn't that uh, uh, the the Last Castle? Nope. Uh, this one's this one's a brilliant film. A Beautiful Mind.
1: Yes, yeah, lovely
0: movie. You uh, want yeah. some awards, do you know? Do you know what? And In this side of films, what, we've barely been through uh, the... the uh, well, we've only just gone into the 2000s, and already we've probably had, like, maybe three, maybe four Academy Awards, or maybe even, like, what maybe one nominee already, mm-hmm. you know, like Saving Private Ryan and all these other films. It's like, you know, you can obviously tell this side of 2005, you know, pre-2005, pre- these films mm-hmm. are already, you know, su- 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 superiorly better. Than anything that's come out from DreamWorks since 2005, so uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's keep going through them. I mean, obviously, there's okay. The uh, mm. the time machine is the next one,
1: right? Yeah, that that was the one with Guy Pierce. Yeah, uh, yeah, not was, a very good movie. No, as say. far as whatever
0: you know, it's like Still, uh, you know, if you're gonna do a film about a time machine, you gotta get a DeLorean. Sorry, but you know whatever, yeah, exactly. thing, whatever that, thing was, that thing was, it's like yeah, you know, get a get Guy a DeLorean Piers. or I'm not interested. Sorry. Yeah. Guy Pearce, Jeremy Irons, Samantha Mumba. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, next one is Hollywood ending. Don't know that. Okay, Spirit uh, Stallion of the oh, Cimarron. Oh,
1: yeah, I just remember that film because me and my friends and my Sister and my cousin used to take the mick out of it, like because we saw this film and we just used to come up with different titles for it because it was just so the, the, the trailer was so cheesy. We called it The Magic Horse <laughs> and uh, A Horse's Tail, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've never seen it. But, yeah. Yeah, my little horse's
0: friendship is magic.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, as far as I know, it's just a film about a horse. So yeah.
0: there we go. Okay, uh, next one is Minority Report.
1: Yeah, that was a good one. I seem to remember... uh, I went to see that for a friend's birthday, um, but I can't really remember much about the ending. So I just remember Tom Cruise in it. Uh, This was before I disliked him. Yeah,
0: before we found out he was crazy. Yeah. Um, Okay, next one is Road to Perdition. Uh,
1: Now, is that the one with Tom Hanks, where he's a gangster?
0: Um, This is the one with Tom Hanks, where he's a gangster, along with Paul Newman and Jude Law.
1: That's right, that's the one I was thinking of earlier, yeah, where he is, I think it is his son who witnesses something, and then he has to protect him, or a kid who witnesses something, and he has to protect him from the mob.
0: Yeah. Uh, Next one is The Tuxedo.
1: Yeah, another Jackie Chan fighting movie. Uh, Yeah. The it wasn't the, that it
0: wasn't the, the, the thing that he, like, he has the tuxedo on and then he becomes like a, a fighting machine or something. Yeah, the, he becomes lines.
1: like super powered. Same as when the, the it's basically the same as the plot of the medallion where he gets the medallion and that gives him the power to fight as well. I,
0: I hate those films. It's like we know it's Jackie Chan. Yeah, so it's, we know it's all what pretending.
1: Give, yeah, we know what he's. It, what it's
0: kind of like, you know, it's like, okay, well, here's The Rock and yeah. we're going to give him this power belt. And he put, when he puts on his power belt, he's gonna kick a lot of ass in like the wrestling ring or something like that. We know it's The Rock.
1: Yeah, exactly. like, we know
0: we know that's what he does. So like, don't don't give us this is what I would say to Hollywood if if I could. Don't give us a gimmick where you know we know someone can do something whether they have that gimmick or not. Yeah. So it's yeah, like yeah. you know leave, leave, leave that be. Yeah. Um. Next one is the ring.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I must say, I, I I thought that it was you know a good a good uh, attempt of translating the original Japanese movie. Although I, I I do prefer the the Japanese one.
0: I tell you what, this uh, this film actually in in two thousand two, my uh, a family member who I won't mention actually watched it and he gave her nightmares for months. Wow. <laughs> it's I mean it's
1: a great idea, you know. I think it's nice that. We need to have more horror films like that, you know, horror films that incorporate the modern world and modern technology and, you know, kind of lower our, uh, our sense of security. Uh, and it did a good job, you know, like I say, it did a really good job.
0: Mind you, is like uh, uh, mind you, is like uh, so. I don't know. like I would say it's a pretty. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not saying now. I'm not trying to belittle the ring in any way. I mean, it is a scary film. I mean, I'm definitely going to say that. But when you think someone like you know Bruce Campbell would take, you know, was you know what what would he say? he's like uh, oh, you know, I went, I got a book of Necronomicon, and uh, you know, I went to a scary, you know, uh, uh, I went out into the woods into like a scary. Um, um, oh, what is it? What's it called? Uh, like a scary house, not a, not a house it's a cabin, shack, yeah. a cabin, yeah and like all this evil coming all towards me and I had to fight it off with a, you know with my hand chopped off and had to replace it with a chainsaw and like a shone-off shotgun and stuff he's like, yeah. what did you do? I watched a videotape yeah, oh yeah. my god
1: is that it? Seriously? yeah, you suck <laughs> that is not groovy
0: <laughs> okay um, what else have we got Um. I'm going to look uh, sorry, I lost my place now um, I was always at The Ring oh yeah Catch Me If You Can
1: yeah another good Tom Hanks movie and a really good Leonardo DiCaprio movie yeah uh, yeah I, I remember going to see that one with my aunt and uncle uh, uh, good story based on a true story as well cool
0: okay uh, next one is Biker Boys I no, that one no, I don't know that one Old School
1: Uh, now again is that another Will Farrell movie Uh, it's another
0: Will Farrell movie with Luke Wilson and uh, Vince Vaughn right yeah. Uh, I've got to be honest. In the, in the, in the uh, I swear, in the in uh, in in the in the, uh, in the poster, he looks like he looks like a young Jeremy Clarkson.
1: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's the one where he's got his cheeks full. Isn't yeah. It? It
0: is. Mm-hmm. Um, next one is head of state. I don't know that one. Yeah, uh, that's one. Oh, that's the one where I saw that one. It's where Chris Rock runs for president.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not that great. It's 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 not i'll turn it off that's like, going to be
1: happening soon though isn't
0: it with kanye west <laughs> no no Chris. chris if, if, if i had a choice between chris rock and and uh, kanye west i'd definitely pick chris rock oh like, yeah obviously. Let's, let's keep this in mind this is the, the he was the guy who told us how not to get our ass kicked by the police so it's like i don't know if anyone's ever seen that youtube video but uh yeah i'll yeah. To check out. Was, yeah, I'll share that out as well i i i fell over backwards laughing uh one of his stand-ups when he was talking about like uh, you know uh uh, Michael Jackson and, like, uh, politics and, like, stuff like that. It's like, it was... That was just... That was just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next one is Sinbad, Legends of the Seven Seas.
1: Uh, again, yeah. I remember seeing this out at the cinema, uh, but I never actually went to see it again. Another another sort of animated one yeah. that passed us by.
0: It didn't do that great. I mean, it was... Uh, it had mixed reviews, and on top of that, it only made, like, $80 million out of its uh, $60 million budget.
1: Mm-hmm
0: so in, yeah. their, in their in their translation that's a box office bomb so. yeah
1: most definitely
0: yeah um next one is seabiscuit
1: uh that's toby Maguire, isn't it it's the true story about again another another horse story
0: toby, to, toby Maguire, jeff bridges naturally and uh chris cooper right there we go yeah. Um, this was actually this actually got nominated for a best animated picture. Sorry, best best animated picture. A best Academy Award for best picture. So uh, co-production with Universal Studios. Um, next one is anything else? Don't know that. Yeah, anything else, please? Um, Cat in the Hat.
1: Oh yeah, that was oh. follow up to the Grinch, wasn't it? That and, was uh, horrible, and it was. This, this was a terrible.
0: downgrade from the Grinch. This was. I, I wonder what Mike Myers must uh, must still think after this, after, after all these years of doing it. I mean, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, you know, it was, it was. It was what part of DreamWorks is. You know, pissing on Doctor Seuss, pretty much. It was, and you know, and on top of that, you know, that's what makes me fearful about the BFG. Than making that because obviously if they've done that to the Cat in the Hat and they've done that to the Grinch and they've done that to other you know things they've based off books you know what are they gonna what are they gonna do to the BFG?
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean don't get me wrong, I actually really like the Grinch. It's one of my favorite sort of Christmas movies, um, you know, and and it was amazing that they expanded from that short story into that full movie. And I thought it had some good moments in it, but yeah, Cat in the Hat was just like an idiot fest.
0: It was yeah. it, it. was stupid. And yeah. okay, a uh, house of sand and fog. Don't know that. And that, I'm not. I'm not using that to describe the cat in the hat. That's actually a film. <laughs> yeah. uh, house of sand and fog. Um, next one is paycheck. Uh, don't know that one. Okay. Uh, next one is uh, winner date with Ted Hamilton. <laughs>
1: no, don't know that one. Okay.
0: Next one is Euro trip.
1: Is that a sequel to Road Trip?
0: Um. Yeah, it is, actually. I think it is. It's a Eurotrip. It's a 2004 American-European teen comedy film written by Alec Berg, David Mantle, and uh, De- Jeff Schaffer, uh, directed by Schaffer, uh, film stars, the uh, other. Um, it's. yadda. It? it films follows American teenager Scotty, uh, who travels across Europe uh, in search of his German pen pal, uh, portrayed by... Uh, uh, Scotty takes a quest from London, Paris, Amsterdam... Such and such, you know, basically it's just a, it's just another. I guess you could say it is kind of like, uh, um, that what was it? What was he said it was? Um, road trip. Road trip. Yeah, but it's, uh, I don't. I think it's just Euro trip. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Next one is Envy. No. I'm sure, it envies a lot of all these films here. Mm. Um. <laughs> next one is Shrek Two. Right. Yep. Yeah. Next one is Stepford Wives. Don't know that one. Um. Next one is The Terminal.
1: Uh, that's another Tom Hanks one, isn't it? Where he's again based on a true story, has to live in an airport. It was an
0: airport, yeah, with Catherine Zeta-Jones. So, yes, uh, hey, that would not be too, that be too bad living If, I, no, if, no, Ca- if Catherine Zeta-Jones was there, you know, it's like at least you know I have something to, uh, yeah. be preoccupied with while I'm in an airport. Uh, this one's a classic, Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy.
1: Oh uh, yeah, well that's that's gone down in history, hasn't, yeah, it? hasn't it?
0: Yeah. The next one is Collateral
1: um oh, what's that one now
0: this one is uh it's tom cruise and jamie fox uh it is a neo-noir crime thriller uh it starts Tom Cruise uh cast as a type of contract killer and jamie fox is the taxi driver who finds himself yes. a hostage during the hitman's work oh my god actually i i thought oh good grief you know uh tom cruise doing this yeah. I thought, yeah this was this was different
1: yeah yeah. yeah no, I I do remember that film now. Yeah, and he the taxi driver has to take him to all these different places so he can go and do his job. And he sort of, you know, he's in over his head. Yeah, I do remember that
0: one. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, I don't understand why they put Jamie Foxx in it. Obviously, he plays you know a uh, probably hostage pretty well. It's like you know if they use like uh, oh, which black actor would be probably, would be would be bad to play as that person uh, in that in that thing. So someone who could oh Dwayne if Dwayne Johnson was in that, it's like you know I wouldn't believe him as a hostage. So it's uh, like, you know, so, some yeah. of us would be dead. Yeah, he'd just lean he'd over even... and
1: punch a hole in his head. Yeah.
0: So. Um, okay, uh, next one is Surviving Christmas. Don't
1: know that
0: one. Okay, uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of misinfo- a series of Unfortunate Events.
1: Yeah, that was with Jim Carrey, wasn't it? And yeah. Are they they, are they on about making that into a TV series?
0: I'm, I'm not too sure. I think uh, that's what's... Oh, cancel! Uh, there was a cancelled franchise. So, Paramount Pictures, DreamWorks Pictures, Nickelodeon. It was hoped that the film would be a franchise like the Harry Potter films. Uh, Jim Carrey thought his character would be good on the basis of the film franchise would allow him to dive in. Uh, October 2008, uh, he said the sequel would be in the works. So, they were talking about a sequel, a sequel at some point, but then they cancel. I think they probably cancelled it. I think. Uh, as of 2014, sequel ideas have not been mentioned for five years and most likely have been shelved. Uh, in, 2000, oh, in November 2014, Netflix was in talks about creating an online television series uh, for all the books. Uh, Barry Sonnenfeld uh, was in original talks to direct the film, uh, will direct the series, uh, which will be released online in 2016. So there is something being worked on.
1: Right, I see. Uh,
0: meet the Fockers yeah yeah I remember that one Uh, The Ring 2 yeah War of the Worlds
1: yeah terrible movie
0: yeah it's like uh, I don't know what they were thinking there Uh, Mm. The Island that that was I saw The Island it wasn't that much to shout about really nah Uh, next one is Red Eye nope and Just Like Heaven nope I'll safely say this that's that's the that's the films from 1997 to 2005 and that I would say this list is probably far more superior than the other list that we just went through
1: yeah yeah absolutely well there were more that I recognized in that one so clearly they're dwindling
0: yeah well Disney's Disney's making you know seems to me has been making the right decision saying you know okay well we're gonna part with these people because in the last what last 10 years what have they done yeah, really
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah I don't think they're gonna miss too much with them and I think the BFG um I'm hoping, I really hope it's going to be good, but, you know, if it's not, then obviously um, I'm definitely going to be putting the other BFG with David Frost in, because David Frost is going to be, I mean, they, yeah, they have a British actor playing the BFG in this other film, but uh, I, I don't I don't know. I think... David that's, David Jason, you mean? David Jason, sorry. Yeah, yeah. that's the one, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Inspector I, Frost. I, I I, yeah, that's why he's going to keep calling David Frost. I was going to Jay- say, man. who is, the, who
1: is the, the English actor who's playing the new BFG?
0: Um, I I tell you what, I completely forget. It's uh, I'll tell you. what, I'll get the uh, in the BFG for 2016. The person who's going to be playing the BFG is going to be uh, Mark Rylance.
1: Mm, who's that then?
0: He was the guy. He has played. Uh, let me go through. Uh, he's been in. Uh, his most recent films have been uh, alternating in Richard the Third and Twelfth Night. His uh, he's, uh, he's Richard the Third and Olivia. Um, he was uh, Ron in Nice Fish, and he's uh, been Johnny By- Byron in Jerusalem. Right. And so some of these, uh, he's been Frank in I Am Shakespeare. He's been, uh, I'll tell you what, he's been a he's he's been in theatre more than he has been in film. Right. Uh, oh, well, so that's, that's his theatre work. And yeah, so- well,
1: you need you need some yeah, you need your theatrically trained actors, I think.
0: I tell you what, I mean. He, I think that's one of the you know obviously the, he's going to be very overly British. I think in in this which I think uh, they're bringing in a girl called Ruby Barnhill, Barnhill to play Sophie. I don't know what, uh, but mind you, here's what I'm, here's what I'm afraid of. They're bringing in Bill Hader to play the giants. You know the all the, the you know the nine giants that they're going to they're gonna have, and uh, he's like played like things like the Angry Birds movie and like uh, okay he, he was he was fearing Inside Out. Okay, so yeah. he has, so he is. Um, I guess, I guess he he has that to his name, but really, there's nothing else that I could, you know, you know, like he's got. He's played, been in like films like, you know, uh, Hoodwink two, Good Versus Evil*. Oh, really. Right. Uh, a, a, *Ice Age: Dawn of the Dinosaurs*. He was in *Tropic Thunder*, and he was in, but you know, this to me doesn't sound like a resume. Oh, he's, he's okay. He was in *Pineapple Express*. I mean, that's a somewhat of a past but you know that that to me doesn't spark of you know yeah this is the guy who's going to play the bfg i'm sorry Mm -hmm. the guy who's going to play the giants in the bfg right yeah a little bit a little bit on the nerves there now uh shall we forget that and move on
1: yeah uh, let's let's move on uh
0: this is a bit of sad news uh nintendo corporation our beloved uh 90s uh childhood 90s nintendo uh they have been in the top one hundred. Uh, uh, brands uh, for the interbrand uh, list. They uh, as of um, when was this? Now, as of October fifth, two thousand fifteen, they have now dropped out of the list. Wow!
1: Oh, no, that's, lo- that's, no that's longer. Surprising. Yeah, that's no really longer. Yeah, no longer
0: one of the top one hundred brands.
1: That's that's crazy, considering like you know how I've well, I mean I've been seeing posted over the over the internet so much the last. couple of months has been this Mario builder. You know, there's Nintendo stuff everywhere, but I guess maybe it's because they might be dropping in popularity that they're feeling the need to push themselves more and more into the public eye. I don't know.
0: Well, this is what... uh, I mean, Yuki... Uh, wada who is the interbrand Japan CEO uh, said that Nintendo was snubbed apparently because of the Kyoto based game maker is not keeping up with changes in people's lives pointing to its failure to jump to the smartphone game bandwagon in a timely manner and uh, they will Nintendo had been reluctant to release uh, smartphone games uh, announced uh, after he it announced his entry into the market back in March and uh, unfortunately Nintendo was forced I think to make this change And because uh, their attitude for the last, you know, ever since inception was, you know, the only way we're going to, you know, the only time we're going to stop making consoles is when we start, when we start drop, is when we're going to drop out of the business entirely. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they're obviously still, they're still, you know, want to make their unique products and they don't want to, you know, start making games for like PlayStation and, and Xbox and, you know, obviously make stuff for Android and stuff like that. But, you know... It really depends what they're going to be bringing on, because, you know, do you remember when they make the PC games and they were like, you know, uh, uh, you know Mario's Time Machine, which is like, you know, a history, oh, game, God, history yeah. game and all these educational games they made for the PC. It's like, yeah. uh, I don't, I'm not going to say that's what they're going to do with the smartphones, but uh, they're going to be... I can't help thinking they're going to make much effort, I don't think, on other platforms, than they are on their own.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that Nintendo aren't sort of going down the the route that Sega have gone down in terms of just sort of, you know, in hard times, scrambling to get something out there and making mistakes and, you know, essentially making things worse for themselves.
0: Well, on top of that, I mean, uh, one, one of the big games we've been talking about, Star Fox Zero, like, mm. uh, now there's, uh, you know, recently that's been actually, they said it was going to be coming out in Christmas, now it's been delayed to uh, the uh, the other half of uh, 2016. And, and wow. on top of that, there's now rumours that it's now going to be a launch title for their new Nintendo NX system.
1: Right, okay, so they, well, I was talking to some friends about this the other day, and like, you know, it's always slightly you know you you always do wonder when you hear about games that have been um you know pushed back but i would say that usually it can only be a good thing for the game if it's been held back because there's obviously something that they can you know they're obviously improving on it or there's something that just isn't quite working so rather than bring it out they're kind of you know they have to make the the sort of semi-sacrifice of look we're, you know, we're not going to be bringing out when we said we are, but hopefully, when it does come out, it will be, you know, much more enjoyable than if we just sort of shoved it on the shelves now. Because, you know, Nintendo have have had that before, where they've brought stuff out just because, and ultimately, it's not done them any favors. So. Yeah, but it's
0: like uh, I mean the the fact that you know they're obviously delaying titles and obviously saying okay, well we're going to bring them out for the Nintendo NX system. I mean, what what I mean again, they they seem to be you know um, say seems to be admitting now that uh, you know they, they're going to have to build up their their next game system again. I mean this yeah. is I mean this is I hate to say it, and uh, I'm sure a lot of Nintendo fans are going to go after me after this, but uh, this is turning into the Sega uh, demise pretty much. I mean, do you remember when they had the, after the Sega Mega Drive, they had the Sega Saturn, and then that didn't work out as well as I hoped. And then they came up with with the uh, the Sega Dreamcast, and then that led to the further demise of uh, Sega because of lack of third-party support. I hate to say it, but this is certainly kind of the same thing. I mean, right. now that you I mean, so obviously now they're no longer part of the top 100 brands. Obviously, they're gonna, you know, um, defenders are gonna say, well, you know, Sony, uh, you know, dropped down to number 58 in the uh, in, in the in the top 100 brands list. But at least they're in the 100 brands list. So yeah, like, you know, yeah. it'll be the, this is the. I mean, I how many? It makes me wonder how loyal Nintendo fans are gonna stay now. Given that they've fallen out of uh, out of good graces, and now they they, I mean, a lot of the uh, you know the Nintendo blogs that I used to uh, used to look at now for Nintendo use, they're not as as active as they used to be anymore. And even now, they're starting to show advertisements for you know saying, oh well, look at this blog for our Xbox uh, articles, and look at these uh, article look at these uh, articles for the PlayStation Four. I mean, this is. Uh, it is starting to get kind of. It is starting to be feeling. It is starting to get kind of sad because yeah. obviously now the the the. I noticed, you know, on one top of that thing as well, and I, I really hate to keep you know digging the knife in, but uh, you know Steam. Obviously they're going to be coming out with their Steam box soon, mm. and GameStop have now said that they're going to be stocking the game the Steam box as well, and going to be having like all their products on their walls and all of their all of their uh, um th- their their stores what what do you think is going to make way for the steam box i i've
1: <laughs> i've no idea
0: uh, it will be will you be wouldn't you be surprised if it's not nintendo
1: well i mean yeah, yeah i suppose that that's kind of a the, the, the logical the logical thought but, yeah um, it's yeah, sad
0: it's, you know, don't get me wrong it's sad but thinking realistically like if you think if your nintendo products are not uh, as strong as the other products that are coming in the future and then you've got this really massive steam box which has got a lot of people talk about and I keep saying to where uh, you know with the uh, with get you know to a game newer look if you bring out this steam box and then you say okay half-life 3 is gonna come out for it exclusively you know how are Nintendo gonna compete
1: yeah it's uh, gonna be tough it's I you know like you say you can't you, one certainly cannot uh Deny the popularity of Steam and the services that it offers, and yeah, if 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 <laughs> if Nintendo aren't, you know, if they if they're taking their eyes off the ball, then yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be devastating.
0: Hmm. So it's uh, going to be trying times for Nintendo. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I um, hope they,
1: yeah, I do hope that they get themselves sorted because a life a lifetime fan of Nintendo, you know, you never want to see these things go down, but ultimately. You know, if they're not,
0: if they're not. Oh, sorry, hang on a second. I, just, <laughs>
1: uh... I, thought, th- I thought that was another, uh, <laughs> Another, we've got to have money. I thought no. it was going to be one of those. But,
0: uh... I'll, I'll tell you it, though. It's like, you know, they've got, uh, th- they're out of the h- 100 brands. They've got so much competition problems with, you know, smartphones and stuff like that, including Xbox and PlayStation 3. They've now got Steambox now, we're coming and taking wall space, possibly from, uh, from GameSpot. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's. <laughs> he dead.
1: Yes, I sincerely hope that he isn't dead. But uh, well, watch this space, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Um, One last thing, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because it is a bit silly. But uh, did you have you watched the uh, Great British Bake Off?
1: you know i've i've not watched the great british bake-off i don't watch that much television um i just sort of watch i think the only thing i really watch on television is doctor who when it's on um but you know i i haven't been able to uh, avoid a lot of the tweets and retweets and posts and statuses about the the british bake-off um my sister and my cousin watch it um and yeah and we and from what I understand as a as a non watcher, um yeah, there's a there's a girl who's won it.
0: Yeah. Uh, it says um her name is Nadia and uh tell you what, if I can try and get it to uh come up without playing advertisements, I'll see if I can uh, try and read the uh the article. Um let me see if I can I can yeah. ball that off. Of the two Oh hang on a second, that's just playing the clip, but... 2015. Shut up. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so basically, it's um, um, the winner was uh, was a woman called uh, called Nadia, who uh, she, she 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 won the she won the top spot, but what's the re- reception that sh- that Nadia Hussein got from uh, some aspects of the British media, and this has come from the some columnist uh, who has said this, and that is that uh, she apparently won. Because uh, the top spot, because of what they call "quote unquote" political correctness, and she bemoaned the ideological warfare her successors posed for to Britain. So uh, Nadia Hussein, a Muslim uh, mother of uh, Bangladeshi heritage, uh, was slammed by journalist Ali Ross in the paper in the Sun newspaper in an article published on last Thursday. Ross said BBC executives, uh, uh, "quote unquote," uh, no doubt did a multicultural jig of a politically correct joy uh, when judging when judges Paul Hollywood and uh, Mary Berry crowned her the cookery queen in a heated final uh, that aired that aired on that night. So, uh, despite admitting the thirty-year-old mother of three actually deserved to win. Uh, Ross came under fire under social media uh, for use, for users with his remarks. So uh, basically, there's there's some people out there who will even use the Great British Bake Off to uh, have a have a go at people saying you know saying that you know this is all political correctness because she's a Muslim.
1: Yeah, I I I did sort of look at. Uh, a couple of these things and uh, yeah I just think these people just need to shut up really I mean to be honest I I couldn't care less because I don't watch the program it doesn't matter to me if you know if the TV show producers decided to let her win based on her ethnic background then more fool them um, even if they did I'm not bothered if she won off her own ability and not because of who she is as her ethnic background then again that's fine I'm not really bothered but, yeah, it's it's pretty sad when people step up and start going, oh, well, she only won because of this, she only won because of that. I mean, don't get me wrong, when, when they had the first ever junior bake-off, uh, my cousin was on it, and he's a really good cook. In fact, he got to the final, and one of his recipes, Paul Hollywood actually went, wow, that's really good. Do you mind if I use that recipe? Um, and the girl that won it, was for better use of a word the cute one and i don't think hers was quite as good as some of the others but even if it, it was the case that she won because she was the cute one it doesn't bother me it's just a silly little program it's meant to be there for a bit of light entertainment on you know on the bbc if they want to use it as a political statement then again if it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me i think the fact that certain people get this into their heads is you know, it's just pointless, it's stupid, it's silly. And I honestly don't think that they would have done it. I mean, I haven't watched it, so I didn't see, you know, if she was taking stuff out of the oven that was char-grilled and black and burnt and was just a heap of shit and she still won, then you'd think, okay, yeah, there's obviously something going on here. But if, you know, it's it's a program about cookery, not, right, where are you from? What's your background? Yeah, Let's exactly. give you the prize. Well, the reason know, she
0: won is because she ba- she baked a good cake, not because she yeah. was a Muslim. It's like, exactly. you know, it's, 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 yeah. It is ridiculous that some of this stuff uh, keeps going around. I love one of the comments here on this article. Let me read it to you. It's uh, the, uh, it's the uh, Tara says on the Huffington Post article, one minute, one minute they're saying that Muslims don't integrate enough, and when they do, it's ideological warfare. Gotcha. Pfft.
1: <sighs> right yeah
0: isn't is okay. isn't it the truth it's like you know it's, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, is, it is absolutely ridiculous
1: yeah better things to be worried about but of course but then it's the sun isn't it it's a sun journalist so yeah. what do you think they're gonna say
0: yeah exactly and with that i think we're done so uh, another fantastic night of uh, of uh of discussion yeah absolutely. um next week's show uh i'm gonna be in, i'm gonna be at a mcm comic-con at the excel center in london so the likelihood is i'm gonna be producing the show from london uh right. next week so uh, so sorry harry uh, unfortunately it's gonna be uh it's gonna be me and uh, a bunch of uh, people from comic-con so uh, actually, it's gonna jealous. be uh, it's gonna be a pretty good lineup actually. So uh, what I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna come down with my microphone. Uh, I actually want to ask you, you know, maybe we'll talk a bit of politics. Maybe we'll talk a bit of uh, a lot of Doctor Who is going on there at the moment. So uh, actually, I'm trying to just get the list up of uh, everyone who's gonna be there. Um, we're gonna be talking with the uh, uh, we're gonna be talking with uh, various fans who are gonna be coming uh, from uh, from London and uh, seeing what how they feel about. Uh, uh, about certain topics that are maybe coming up on that week. Uh, if you're going to be going to MCM Comic Con, you know, uh, let me give you the uh, rundown of who the special guests are going to be there. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a Sherlock special f- uh, panel. That's going to include uh, Stephen Moffat, Mark Gaters, Mark uh Sue Virtue, and Amanda Abington. And uh, so they're going to be there. Uh, There's going to be also a a special exclusive panel for Beowulf. Uh, That's going to include like uh, Kieran, uh, Bew, uh, uh, Ed Spliers, and uh, Laura Donnelly, and also actors uh, James Dormer, uh, Tim Haynes, and Casey Newman. So they're going to be there as well. Mm. Uh, There's going to be a Jekyll and Hyde uh, special. That's going to be Charlie Higson in conversation with uh, Heat Magazine's uh, Boyd Hilton. And there's also going to be a uh, a discussion with, uh, and also a screening with uh, director Gareth Evans, and that's going to be for the Raid Redemption, uh, which has already right. garnered some uh, winner of the Midnight Madness and also the Sundance uh, um, uh, Festival as well. So, uh, already getting some notoriety there. There's also going to be some uh, anime uh, guests of honors as well, and uh, also there's going to be various. Other people were there as well, so including uh, Sylvester McCoy and uh, Colin Baker. So uh,
1: wow, very uh, very jealous. I <laughs> wish, I have, wish I could have got the pass as well, but there we go.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they're still available. So uh, I mean, obviously it's in London, so obviously you have to get down there. I mean, some people hmm. asking me, well, why aren't you going to MCM uh, Comic Con in Manchester? I think that's actually already passed by. So yeah. um, there's uh, no way i was going to get. There. And the only reason I'm going to go down there is because obviously I've got business down there myself in London. So uh, it's a, it's yeah. kind of a side thing, if anything, that I'm going to go down there for that weekend. A so a uh, side thing, yeah. bit of a side thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to do some business in uh, London, and then I'm uh, going to do uh, then I'm going to do a radio show and talk with all <laughs> these. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all these Comic fine Con. people so uh yes yeah. but, but uh, hang on a second but just because i named all these people don't think they're going to appear on the show at the end of the day i think the the people who are going to be attending the uh the comic-con are going to probably be more uh probably, probably who i'm going to want to talk to more than most than i'm going to be talking to uh, you know the actors and everybody so uh right. yeah okay nice. harry a pleasure as always i'll wrap up the show and thank you very much for coming on even despite the fact that you're uh nearly dead so uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, as long as I don't start, like, you know, craving human brains, I think I'll be all right. Yeah, will be fine. Uh, don't worry about it, man. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I will see you soon. I'll see you on Thursday.
0: All right, catch you later, Harry. See you later. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. This has been the Arameta Show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's twitter.com forward slash Show. If you want to follow us on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Show. Um, I think you'll notice that on Mixcloud, I've not been posting episodes, and uh, I keep forgetting. I, it's, it's not like I'm doing it on purpose. It's just you know, I just uh, I keep forgetting to post it up on Mixcloud. So uh, you know, so sometimes there might be an episode, sometimes there might not be. So uh, the best way to do it is if you follow on podcast, follow the podcast feed. So you know, this feed that we're on on Librarians Syndication. So you can you know follow on Player FM, you can go on Stitcher, you can go on um, on iTunes. iTunes, you know, that's going to be uh, a better place to uh to download your uh to download the show so you know you, you, you know we're in more than one place so definitely check us out there and we're on, on podcast directory as well if you uh want to listen on the web player so it's um, plenty of ways to listen and uh not just restricted to mixcloud so that's it for me this evening thank you very much for checking out the show and i will catch you next week take care and bye-bye for now